It is Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Bengals and Jake Browning beat the Jaguars on Monday Night Football. In the in-season tournament, halfway set. Here comes the Vegas Truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Bengals upset the Jaguars in overtime. The Pacers and the Pelicans advance to the NBA in-season tourney semifinals. And we have our four finalists for the Heisman Trophy announced What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Monday Night Football, the Bengals, 34-31 in OT over the Jaguars. Jake Browning, have yourself a night. 32 of 37 passing, 354 yards, and one touchdown, zero interceptions. The 354 yards for the Cincinnati Bengals, the most passing yards by a Bengals quarterback this season. Wow. And that includes all the games that Joe Burrow played. Yeah. Well, remember, Joe Burrow wasn't himself yeah. for a good chunk of this season. And Burrow but... did have a couple of games, 348, 347. Yeah. But 354, Jake Browning, you are the new leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, pretty incredible performance. And uh, it, at first I was like, well, he's going to keep him in the – I knew pretty early into this game the Bengals were covering. I, I, I didn't know if they'd win. I knew they were covering. I, I said, boy, this team is not double digits worse than the Jags. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously I, I was, I was shocked at how efficient he was, you know, it, it, this was a, it, it also let them open up the run game a little bit. Uh, Jamar chase had a, a nice, nice day, nice run and catch. Um, yeah, this was, this was a really good showing for the Bengals. It, it honestly looked like a Joe Burrow game. It didn't it, it, like you, if you, if he was wearing a different Jersey, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known any better. Yeah. Jake, it was a lot of dinks and dunks early yeah. on, a lot of short screen passes. There was a time, I think it was maybe after the first or second possession, where uh, Jamar Chase had five catches, 11 yards. Yeah. You know, he ultimately catches the the long one, the catch and run for 76 yards, and the touchdown finishes with 149 <laughs> yards. But it was a lot of dink and dunks early, but it opened up the Jaguars defense. And this is a Jaguars defense that had been playing really well this season. And you just look at their schedule and – you know, 34 points allowed. The last time they allowed this many points, they allowed 37 in the loss to Houston. That's about it. Like, this is a team that doesn't allow the opponents to score 30 points. So this is rare that you have a a Jaguars defense that gives up this many points. And so whatever the Bengals, you know, worked on this past week and, and got comfortable with Jake Browning in the offense, it worked. I mean, what the Bengals or what the Jags probably said is, we can focus on stopping the run. And, the, I mean, the Jags are a great run-stopping defense anyway. They said we can lock in on stopping the run because they're not going to be able to throw the ball. I think they underestimated what Jake Browning was able to do, mm-hmm. and, and which is almost silly when you think about the weapons that he's still got out there. When you've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, it's like, like they're going to find a way to get the ball to those guys, yeah. get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Um, some tight ends stepped up as well. Uh, Tanner Hudson out of nowhere had a nice game. But – yeah, this is uh this this was an impressive showing. And really the only thing that the only bad thing I'll say about the Bengals is 
I think they the the two biggest mistakes they made were the Trick times play. that they let their wide receivers throw the yeah. football. Jamar Chase throws for negative yardage, put him behind the sticks. Tyler Boyd throws a pick. Like if you <laughs> when Jake Browning's playing the way he plays, let him play. And mm-hmm. uh, that. But other than that, it was a, it was a really good day for the Bengals, obviously. And uh, you know, on top of the again, I think the Bengals are done. They they they're at six and six. I guess if you think that this is sustainable. Maybe they're not done. Maybe maybe. they're not out of it right now. The Bengals are the 10th seed in the AFC, but you have, you know, teams above them that are beatable. So if the Bengals can turn this thing around, which maybe it starts with this, they play the Colts, who is one of the teams ahead of them. They play the Steelers, who is one of the teams ahead of them. They play the Browns, who are one of the teams ahead of them. They have opportunities to go ahead and improve their playoff standings. As far as the Jaguars are concerned, Whatever happened in this game early on means nothing because it's all about what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence leaves the game after he gets his ankle stepped on, his knee bent backwards. The initial reports say that it's a sprained ankle. That is the best-case scenario. It sure didn't look like a sprained ankle the way he was walking, did it? No. He's going to undergo more tests like maybe it's a high ankle sprain that causes them to miss a couple of weeks, or maybe there's ligament damage or whatever. But when they say initial tests show that it's a sprained ankle, that means that there's no, like, there's no bone. There's no broken yeah. bone. But that doesn't mean that there's not ligament damage. Right. Like they need they, an MRI they, for that. They had the x-rays and he was, you know, whatever. But now he's going to undergo more testing today. And then we'll find out, you know, later to, later this morning what the diagnosis is. Yeah, and it was it looked really bad. Uh, I mean, the the way first of all, what do the Jags not have a cart? You, I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is your franchise. You got this guy walking all the way to the locker. Like he could barely. He had like some tiny little guy helping him walk. It's like, what are we doing here? Look like get, you were carrying. Look like you were carrying like a drunk friend home from the bar. Yes, <laughs> get this man a cart. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. But obviously, yeah, this is it. This is what's uh, this is what it's all about right now. Is is what's going on with with Trevor Lawrence's leg? Because it's, I mean, if he's done, or if he's out for any significant time, you can forget about the Jags as like a, a contender uh, in the AFC. CJ right? Beathard, Beathard literally fumbled for a first know, down on his first do, play. Do you realize that right now the Jaguars are only one game ahead of both the Colts and the Texans? Yeah. In the division race. Yeah. And and if, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence is out for, let's say he's out for the regular season, do they, are we sure the Jags make the playoffs even? Well, look at the schedule. So if C.J. Beathard has to start, he goes up against the Browns defense mm-hmm. next week. Then he goes up against the Ravens the next week. Oh, boy. And then it's at the Bucks, home against the Panthers at the Titans. So... I think they probably win nine or 10 games. So they, yeah, they'll make the playoffs no matter what, but that's uh cause they're already at eight, Yeah, but you're certainly talking about a team that now has no chance of doing anything significant in the playoffs. So uh, I never thought that they did anyway. You know, I, I'll be honest before last night, I was starting to think, well, maybe cause I, I'm, I'm one of the guys who kept doubting them, kept saying this team's not that good. They were on my Mount Luckmore uh, with, with the, the Broncos and the Steelers and the Eagles and, I mean, all those teams, luck ran out mm. this week, and Jacksonville maybe got it the worst by losing Trevor Lawrence. That's yeah. about as unlucky as it gets. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see what, what the diagnosis is today. And 
if if Trevor Lawrence is going to be back out there. I mean, I, this is a pretty durable dude, a tough guy. You know, he never misses a game. Yeah, yeah. He, he this is a guy who is is usually able to get out there and play, but. Man, he looked really frustrated. He looked like he knew something was wrong. That's a bad sign. I just don't think that they can compete with the the, the other teams that are going to be in the AFC playoffs. Like, I don't think they can beat the Ravens. I don't think they can beat the Dolphins. I don't even think they beat the Chiefs. Here's what I'll say, and it continues to the, – the, the C's continue to part for Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. If Lamar Jackson in a year where Patrick Mahomes is playing probably the worst he's played – in, you know, maybe since his rookie year, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Burrow's done for the year. Josh Allen might not make the playoffs. Justin Herbert isn't going to make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. He's done. Now maybe Trevor Lawrence is hurt. The Texans start a rookie at quarterback. Like The only thing standing in his way is the Dolphins, and they play the Dolphins on New Year's Eve, and that game man. will probably determine who's the one seed in the AFC. It might, but you know what? And if they're at home, cold weather, January against the Dolphins, I like that. Well, we're going to see it. We're going to see the Dolphins on New Year's Eve in Baltimore. The pressure on Lamar to win mm-hmm. is different than the pressure on Tua because Lamar's been an MVP. People yeah. have doubted, you know, what Lamar's worth, you know, and I think people by now are like, if he's going to win, he better start winning. The, everything is lined up for him to win. If he doesn't, boy, there, there's going to be some chirping, I can tell you that. Yep. Uh, speaking of ankles, let's go around the league where Kenny Pickett had surgery for a high ankle Oh, I ankle forgot to mention sprain. that. The, I mean, Kenny Pickett's done now? Yeah, you know, it's right. It's a like, team that's out of, yeah. out of the way. Uh, so that <laughs> means it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky uh, and Mason Rudolph will back Mitchell Trubisky up. So we'll see what they can do with a full week of preparation with now Mitchell Trubisky. For the Steelers, that was a tough loss for them, a game that they were favored against a two-win football team. They should have won that game. Like uh, say, well, you say they should have. Like, I'm just saying before the game started, oh, look yeah, at it, you're like, yeah. you should win this game. Yeah, they, the schedule. Did, they played like they had no interest in winning almost. Well, well, now they play the Patriots. That's a game that you should win. But you have to. You got Trubisky now at quarterback. Would you be surprised if on Thursday they don't beat the Patriots? It's a short week. I mean, I'd be surprised if somebody scored a touchdown. I, well, I, somebody's got to do it. I total guess. in this game. Are you ready for this? I bet the total in this game. Did you really? Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I bet it. Uh, I, I bet it two days ago. Okay. So you bet it two days ago. So you got the better number. So what did you bet the under at? I bet the under at. I'm pulling up my app here. Thirty-two and a half. Total is now thirty. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is Iowa. This is what Iowa against. Rutgers? Yeah, or Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, this is Big Ten West territory. Yeah, like, has there ever been a sub-30 NFL total? Let's see. Uh, I'll research that right now. So let's go NFL. We'll go into our entire database, and we'll just say total is – we'll go less than or equal to 30. Only four times in NFL history. When's the last time? In our database. Last time it happened was – Nope, it's only happened two times because it doubled up the wins and doubled oh, yeah, up the yeah. home and away. So it's only happened two times. The last time it happened was December 12, 1993. Patriots, Bengals, and the total in the game was 30. And the final was 7-2. to two. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, and, that was and then, David Klingler 
and Drew Bledsoe. And on October 13th, 1991. I bet there was crazy weather in that game. Maybe. What do you bet? Eagles. Uh, the, well, it was December 12th. Then. Well, which, by the way, that was the 1-12 Bengals taking uh -huh. on the 2-11 Patriots. Okay. October 13th, 1991. Eagles against the Saints. So in Philadelphia, maybe weather, who knows. And the total in that game was 30. And it was a 13-6 Saints win. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to see who was who were the quarterbacks in that quarterbacks game. Quarterbacks in that game were, okay, first off, the weather was 53 degrees, 11-mile-per-hour wind. So it wasn't like so it this was is, bad. So this is player-related then. This is player. It was, let's see, Steve Walsh for New Orleans and Brad Gable. Oh, boy. For, yeah. But actually, multiple quarterbacks played in this game because it says that Pat Bobby Abair played and Pat Ryan yeah. uh, played as well for for Philly. So this is it's only the third time in NFL history that we've had a total of thirty. You know why Brad Gable? Uh, why he didn't finish the game? Why's because that? he threw four interceptions. <laughs> Brad Gable was basically Zach Wilson before Zach Wilson. God bless ghosts. him. He's seeing ghosts. Uh, elsewhere around the NFL, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, they get some help on defense as they sign former Colt Shaq Leonard. I, just, I, don't, I don't think this up. can hurt. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think this can hurt. And, and I, you know, when the Colts cut him, I said, well, he's not what he used to be, and he's, he's certainly not. But you put a guy like him in that locker room, I, I think he fits in. You know, this is a guy who is a, a well-respected dude in the league. And he's obviously a very smart player. He's gonna he'll fit in where they need him, and that's where they need help is in the middle of their defense. So uh, kudos to the Eagles for for making that that uh, that pickup. And you mentioned Zach Wilson uh, jokingly, but let's talk about this. This is fascinating, isn't it? Now we have conflicting reports. So let me just start with the initial report, which was done by the Athletic. What Zach Wilson put on TikTok? That's the real truth. Okay. <laughs> Here's the uh, the story that was on the Athletic that the Jets are in, you know, trying to think about what they're going to do at quarterback. Robert Sala hasn't named a quarterback for their game against the Texans. It's, it's going to be Wilson or Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon. Who knows? But they say, you know what? We want it to be uh, Zach Wilson. But the Athletic is reported that Zach Wilson is actually reluctant to play. That he's saying, you Is know he reluctant what? to cash his paycheck? Well, He's hesitant to step back into the role because he's worried about the injury risk. Okay. <laughs> of playing football, right? Yes. Yeah, that, there is a risk, no doubt. So he's worried about it. Um, you know, it's it's not the first time he's been benched. Remember, he was, you know, Mike White took over for him last year, and then he got benched again and all this stuff. So there's different reports about what, Zach Wilson had to say or his opinion about playing in this game. Now, Robert Sala has come out and said those stories aren't true. Like, they, Zach Wilson actually went into the office and said he wants to play. The quote was, if he was reluctant to play, guys, he wouldn't be here. The young man wants to ball. He wants to start. He believes he's the best quarterback in the room and the best quarterback for this team and the guy who gives us the best chance to win. And I'll tell you guys the same thing I told him. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play. I'm just not there yet, meaning with a decision, end quote. So maybe that's just the coach sticking up for the guy, but 
differing reports about what Zach Wilson wants to do and what the Jets want to do. I'll be honest. I mean, this sounds like, like imagine you're you're looking at Zach Wilson as a backup quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. And you like are you looking at this and saying, what do you mean he didn't want to play? It was yeah. like it's just a bad look. I, I don't understand. Do you think the Carolina Panthers are going to want him as the backup quarterback next year? I don't. I don't. Do you think the New Orleans Saints are going to want him as the backup? Somebody. Next year? I think somebody will want him as a backup quarterback. Yeah, I'm sure. But, but man, it's just it's a really bad look. It feels like. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, so that's the latest rumblings around the NFL. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Heisman Trophy finalists have been named. The trophy will be handed out this weekend. AJ, you and I had a heated discussion about the Heisman Trophy on yesterday's show. LSU's Jaden Daniels, Oregon's Bo Nix, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., and Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State, the finalists for the Heisman Trophy. We talked about the quarterbacks, Daniels, Nix, and Penix, because those are the guys with the realistic odds to win this thing. Current odds are off the board for the Heisman Trophy, but when we had the discussion yesterday, it was Jaden Daniels as an overwhelming favorite to win the award. I, I, yeah, and I guess that's that's the way it's looking more yep. and more. Usually these straw polls have been pretty accurate historically, mm-hmm. but um, apparently the, the Bo Nix performance was enough to say, no, no Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised Michael Penix isn't getting more support, but 
I, this is this is one that I just whiffed on. I was wrong. I, I, I said I didn't think there was a world where they would give Jane Daniels a Heisman, but it's looking more and more like they will. Um, I, I still wouldn't give Jane Daniels a Heisman, but again, I, I don't have a vote. So three of the four finalists, so basically it's the three quarterbacks, are transfers. And there have been six players to win the Heisman who have played at multiple schools. Most recently, Caleb Williams last year. Yeah. Joe Burrow, 2019, yep. transferred from Ohio State. Kyler Murray, yeah. transferred from Texas A&M yep. to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield, transferred from Texas Tech also to Oklahoma. Cam Newton, yep, although... Got kicked out of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Big deal. He, he had to transfer. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he play at like a junior college at some point? In the yeah. Middle? I don't know. Yeah. And then going back to 1945, Doc Blanchard from Army, who transferred from North Carolina. Uh, but that's, you know, those are, we'll just talk about the 2010 and moving on. So Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Caleb Williams, all transfer quarterbacks that won the Heisman. So no matter which quarterback wins, you're going to have a transfer, a transfer quarterback, quarterback yeah. win the Heisman. And that's what's happening now. The transfer portal has made college football become like free agency. Yeah, no doubt. And especially with NIL deals. I mean, we, we, we heard from Matt Rule, Nebraska head coach, about a week ago saying, guys, I'm not going to look at the transfer portal for a quarterback because it's going to cost $1 to $2 million. Yeah. And people are like, what do you mean it's going to cost? Yeah, that's how much the NIL deal is now. If you want to sign a quarterback in the transfer portal, you got to pay them. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, what happens. You know, the college football playoffs is going to expand next year. But all these schools now are just on the hunt for the latest transfer quarterback that's going to be a free agent. It, it, it just also leads to furthering the uh, criticism about college athletes, especially college football players, you know. We don't come to play school. We yeah. come to play football. Because, like, I, I don't know about you, AJ. I don't know what your experience was like in college. But, like, my experience was, you know, it was, like, really difficult to, like, move credits over and things like that. And yeah. I remember, like, I, I took a semester off, and then I took some classes at a junior college, you know, while I was, like, working to, like, save up some money to, to go back to yep. my four-year school. And it's like, oh, it was such, like, a bitch to get, like, the credits to transfer over and everything. And the, you have to take this these this prerequisite class and this. These kids are just going to school different. They go to a different school every year. Every year. <laughs> it's amazing. And there's a lot of transfer news now. And some of them are, are like big name players that are on the move. Kyle McCord, the Ohio State starting quarterback in the transfer portal. Yeah. When does the when does the quarterback front like the starting quarterback at Ohio State say, "I'm out"? Uh, to me, there's some there's something smoking here that's saying like they didn't want Kyle McCord back. Mm -hmm. Ohio State fans did not give a lot of love to Kyle McCord, but. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible season, but wasn't uh, it, it, he was not C.J. Stroud. Let's yeah. just say that uh, the bar's been set pretty high for what Ohio State expects out of their quarterbacks. Kyle McCord was not it, so he I guess he's done. He's he's moving on. Uh, Dylan Gabriel also leaving Oklahoma, and and he's been college football for like twelve years, forever, right? <laughs> but I mean, so is Bo Nix. Yeah, uh, but Dylan <laughs> Gabriel had he had the COVID exemption, and then he had injury exemptions. Yeah, so I think he winds up with either. His former head coach, Josh Heupel, in Tennessee, or he ends up with his former offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, in uh, Mississippi State. That's possible. I don't know what the rules are anymore about how many times you can transfer. No because idea. I, so if you're a graduate transfer, you can play right away. So I have no idea. So in college basketball, there's an example. 
uh, Trey Mitchell, who plays for Kentucky now. Last year, he played for West Virginia. The year before that, he played for Texas. The two years before that, he played for UMass. <laughs> He's on his fourth team right now. Nice. I mean, it's it's the Wild West, man. I I don't totally get it. I don't, and I think this year he's a grad transfer, which obviously once you're graduated, you can go wherever you, go wherever you want. You want. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's like what his exemption is, but it, it's it's wild. And and like you said, the NIL for especially for these quarterbacks is that's what's that's what's causing movement. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the more bizarre uh, transfers. It's not really bizarre, but it's 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 a nice story. It's a fun story. Tyler Buckner former Notre Dame quarterback who is now at Alabama, who played a little bit this year mm-hmm. for Alabama, is transferring. He's leaving Alabama. But it's not because he's going to play quarterback somewhere else. He's transferring to play lacrosse. I Listen, I saw him play against uh, South Florida. I oh, think he's La- a better lacrosse player. Lacrosse, <laughs> is the, lacrosse is the right move. Good for him. Well, transfers are going to be a big topic of conversation surrounding bowl games, and we're going to try to give you as much information as possible when it comes to what players are going to be playing and are not going to be playing in these college bowl games coming up. And, and one you know stud that we know is not going to play is Caleb Williams, not for transfer, but because he is sitting out and going to prepare for the NFL draft. Yeah, this this is not really a surprise, but uh, but it obviously is disappointing for – uh, for USC fans, they're they're playing Louisville, another team. Like I, I don't USC is not a team I expected to compete in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC and Duke were the two teams that I had circled and said, "Yep, I'm I'm probably fading these teams, whoever they play." Uh, unfortunately for for Duke, uh, they're playing a team that I think is going to be really motivated in Troy. Uh, an, an F, you know, a G five school, a good G five school. That's probably gonna. This is like their Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, for USC, I don't, I don't know how motivated Louisville will be either. I, I'm, I mean, it's a first year head coach. I imagine they give it a yeah. good run, but, um, yeah, Caleb Williams. That's the that's of all the names that are sitting out the bowl season. That's the one that was probably the most obvious. NBA play-in tournament quarterfinal action last night as the Pelicans defeated the Kings 127-117 in the Western Conference. The Pacers, a 122-112 win over the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. The both, both teams winning as underdogs. The Pacers winning as big dogs. Well, I guess, you know, four and a half, five-point dogs, depending on where you got it. And Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, joins us now. I saw a tweet last night that made me reconsider this whole NBA in-season tournament thing. And it was from uh, Rob Perez who, who said, there's 10 players on the Pacers that make less than $3 million a year. Poor guys. <laughs> Each player that in, on the winning team gets $500,000. And if you watch the highlights of the game, the Pacers players certainly want this NBA Cup victory more so than, yeah. you know, the Celtics counterparts that are making, you know, the, the highest contracts in NBA history. Yeah, it's one one fifth of their salary. And you might say, oh, well, 50% of that's going to be taxes. Trust me, 50% of their three millions already go into the taxes and the agents. So, yeah, imagine your salary right now. Picture it in your mind. Someone gives you one fifth of that. That'll motivate you. Yeah. So, like, should we be considering that moving forward? So maybe, you know, you, you look at, I mean, I guess you can look at tonight's games or you can look at the semifinal games uh, moving forward or just maybe for next year as well, you look at the teams that 
maybe they don't have championship aspirations, but the players are max motivated because of the potential for a roster that doesn't make a lot of money to get this boost. The current favorites for the in-season tournament, and it's close, is the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they got some hustle guys. They got some guys that are scrappy, undrafted, made it into the NBA. You get one shot at this, you get it. That's $500,000 in your bank account. Yeah, they were talking about the Pelicans on the, on the broadcast last night. They were talking about how the Pelicans are kind of built different. I mean, obviously Zion is Zion, but they've got a bunch of guys who were like four-year college guys who weren't expected to be DJ McCollum, big, big-time big ball ballers in the yeah. NBA, and it's just really worked out for them. So tonight we have two more quarterfinal games to set up the semifinals. The Bucks four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Knicks in the Eastern Conference. The winner will take on the Pacers. What do you think about this game, Mac? Well, if we're going smaller players, less paid players, there's a lot more of those guys on the Knicks mm-hmm. with uh, Tom Thibodeau and his crappy crew. Uh, crappy or scrappy? Scrappy, scrappy. No, I think you, I think I think that was a Freudian slip. Man. I think you meant to say crappy. Yeah, so it wasn't Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, the 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 spot plays the Knicks, and I'm of two minds because my power ratings make it more than this, but. Um, I saw the first half of Celtics Pacers, and it was a very slow-paced game for the fastest, fastest teams in the league, highest-scoring teams in the league. They only had like 40 points through a quarter and a half. And I'm like, okay, let me learn from this. This is the in-season tournament. Maybe it's going to be super slow-paced, super cagey. Maybe the playoffs are here early. Playoffs, Christmas, and fall. Or maybe it was one half of basketball and it completely overreacted. Mm-hmm. So I bet the under in the second game, and it did not hit. So I say that to say this. Maybe the Pacers are just good. Maybe we think young teams are going to do it. Maybe we think scrappy teams are going to do it. Maybe the Pacers have the number one offense in the league for a reason. All right. The Western Conference quarterfinals, the Suns at the Lakers, and L.A. one-and-a-half-point favorites. So this is saying the Suns are a little bit better than the Lakers as they're currently constructed. I think even without Bradley Beal, the way they're playing now, I would say they're a little bit more than a little bit better. So I make this game pick them, and uh, I lean the Suns here. I might play it. All right, and the two winners, uh, obviously the Western Conference winner will play against the Pelicans. The Eastern Conference winner will play against the Pacers. And those games will be here in Las Vegas on Thursday, the semifinals. Uh, Live show? A quick question, Mac. Who, like, yeah. Obviously, the, you said the Pelicans are the favorite now. I, I, I'm presuming because they've already got a win in hand. We know right. they're in the dance. But if, if, the, if it holds the way you think it's going to hold, like if the teams who win, who you think are going to win, win, who do you think the favorite is when it's down to four? Oh, the Bucks will be the favorite. It was the Bucks and the Celtics before the tournament when it's down to four. If they can beat the Knicks at four and a half, five, they'll definitely be the favorite. I mean, they got a cakewalk, arguably, compared to the other teams in the, in the semifinal versus the Pacers. And then it would be a good game. Only a couple games, well, only one game by the time it was said and done as the new top 25 has come out. Uh, Purdue dominates Iowa 87-68. I lost on the over. Uh, I thought I'd get a little more than 68 points out of Iowa. Put 24 points in the first half. Just domination by Purdue. Huge slate of games today. Let's start at the Jimmy V Classic in Madison Square Garden. Florida Atlantic and Illinois on the neutral. Florida Atlantic minus two and a half there. Uh, Griffin Warner, my podcast partner on the College Basketball Pod, this was his best bet this week is Florida Atlantic over Illinois. Tennessee is a 15 and a half point favorite over George Mason. Oklahoma, four and a half point favorites against Providence. That's actually a pretty good uh, matchup there in the Big East Big 12 battle. System play here, Scott. Wisconsin, number 23 in the country, mm-hmm. 
catching five and a half at unranked Michigan State. All right, so updating the system rankings. Whenever you have a lower-ranked team as the favorite over the higher-ranked team, overall in the season, five and four. But if they're both ranked, so in this case they're not because Michigan State's unranked. When they're both ranked, it's three and oh. When they are when one of the teams is unranked and that team's favored, it's two and four. However, two of those games were neutral site games that were losses. So it's really two and two if you're just looking at the home team being unranked and as the favorite. Yeah, and which I would th- make it five and two. And I think what's really interesting is that three of those games were Texas A&M as yeah. the ranked team that was the underdog. So maybe the market just doesn't like Texas A&M. It does not. But yeah, we're looking at five and two for the home lower l- l- ranked l- l- Let's not even add the caveat. Five and four is 56%. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled when I'm looking at a long-term trend that's profitable. And it's not nine yeah, and two. Yeah, that won last year, by it's the way. It's not 12 and one. Mm-hmm. If it's five and four, I'm going to play that if I already think coming into the year it makes sense to play. Yep. So we like Michigan State here against Wisconsin. Uh, Kansas. They're the higher ranked team playing Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri? I'm pretty sure it's Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Why would there be a Kansas City, Missouri? You're silly. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't. No it, it wasn't my decision, <laughs> McKenzie. Uh, Kansas minus twenty six and a half. The other, the other game in the Jimmy V Classic, UConn host. Well, I shouldn't say hosting. Kind of hosting though. If you've ever seen UConn play in Madison Square yeah, Garden, yeah, they are. They're basically the home yes, team. Yes, yes. UConn minus five and a half on the neutral floor. Semi-neutral floor against be. the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina, I get it. I get it. They've got a, a big national fan base, but boy, UConn, their their fans fill up the garden mm-hmm. when they play there. My best bet from this week's college basketball Let's podcast: go. Baylor minus eleven and a half hosting Seton Hall. I th- I just think the Seton Hall team, like the coaching mismatch here, Shaheen Holloway against Drew, is just mm. embarrassing. Yeah, this is a, this is going to be a blowout game in my opinion for Baylor. Gonzaga late it might not be quite Gonzaga Arkansas Pine Bluff blowout. Gonzaga minus 34 and a half uh hosting uh, Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff. Easy I'd wait for, for 35. I'd wait. I'd you wait for 35, yeah, yeah before you jump number. in. Yeah. Uh BYU minus 24 and a half. BYU all the way up to number 14 in the rankings. They're hosting Evansville, who's seven and one, one of the best ATS teams in the country so far this year. Evansville, and you're catching twenty four and a half, might be tempting though. BYU's been a rocket ship, and San Diego State, number twenty five in the country, they are laying two and a half on the road at Grand Canyon. Upset alert! Grand Canyon wins this game. Okay. NHL tonight, the Rangers on the road at the Senators. Rangers are minus one thirty five. New York with the top record. In the NHL, well, tied with the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights with 37 points, if you're looking at the early race for the President's Trophy. Uh, elsewhere, you have... The, I call it the Golden Knights Invitational. Yeah, the Kings <laughs> are at the Blue Jackets, LA minus 215. Red Wings at the Sabres, Detroit minus 125. I'm starting to really like this Red Wings team. Uh, they are young. They are scrappy. They brought in some veteran presence. Now Patrick Kane joining the team, giving them uh, an offensive boost, some veteran leadership. Uh, there's a lot to like with this Detroit Red Wings team. Sharks are at the Islanders as San Jose continues their Eastern road trip. Islanders are minus 275. The Predators are at the Blackhawks. Nashville's minus 185. Ducks are at the Avalanche. Colorado, a heavy favorite, minus 320. These two teams just played on Saturday, and Anaheim won over the Avalanche on Saturday. So now it's like a home-and-home. Okay. I think I like the team that lost the first game to get 
yeah. revenge, especially when they lost as a favorite. But Colorado has lost three straight games, but the Ducks just snapped their eight-game losing streak by beating the Avalanche in that game. So I think tonight we'll play out like we think. Uh, the Wild, they're at the Flames, and that's an even split, minus 110 both ways. And the Devils are at the Canucks. I call this the Hughes Cup because all three Hughes brothers – We'll be on the ice in this game. Jack Hughes and Luke Hughes playing for the Devils and Quinn Hughes playing for the Canucks. Vancouver, a slight favorite, minus 115. I will make a bet with you guys right now that A. Hughes will score a point in this game. Yeah, but who? A. Hughes will score a point in this game. Weak. Adam, take a stand. Take a stand. We'll score a point in your Oh, you mean Ann Hughes. Got you. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Here's what I do know also is that you can save 20% at pregame.com if you use the promo codes that we provide for you on this podcast. And there's two of them that you can use right now. Chill 20 or Winter 20. If you used one already, use the other one. If you haven't used either, use them both. Chill 20, C-H-I-L-L, and Winter 20. Both of those coupons will save you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Make sure you use them before you lose them. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas.